It's a great honor and privilege to be able to bring you the Word tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10, and we're going to read verses 3 through 6. <clears throat> if you're there, you can go ahead and say amen. 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 Let's read together. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the Word tonight. God, I ask that Your Spirit of truth and revelation would come upon us. Open up our eyes and our hearts, God. Allow Your Word to pierce us, change us, God, tonight. Mold us through Your Word. God, I ask that You'd anoint me to bring Your Word with power and clarity. Take a coal from Your altar, place it upon my lips, that my words may burn faith into the hearts of Your people tonight. Holy Spirit, continue to come in power. In Jesus' name we thank You. Amen. You can be seated. Now, the message tonight is from a series that I had begun uh, in Delta Junction, and uh, as God allows, I, maybe I, ha- I might have more opportunity to bring more of the messages, but I felt uh, that God wanted specifically uh, for me to bring this particular one. The series was on building a real relationship with God, building a real relationship with Jesus, and different steps that will allow us to go to another level in that relationship. And this first one is called radical obedience. Radical obedience, what I mean by that, it's immediate obedience that fulfills the commandment to its fullest fullest measure. Let me read that again. Immediate obedience that fulfills the commandment to its fullest measure. Meaning... Not just fulfilling the minimum requirements to make it by. Now, I I need to give some honor uh, tonight. This message, uh, a book really influenced this message for me. It's called Secrets of the Secret Secret Place uh, by Pastor Bob Sorge. It's a tremendous, tremendous book. If if you have the opportunity to read it, I encourage you to do so. Um, And really, he spoke a lot upon this, so... I'm going to be taking some of the things that he said and applying it in this message. But radical obedience, not just doing, obeying to get by. You know, it says immediate obedience that fulfills the commandment to its fullest measure. You know, not just being good enough to make it to heaven, just so you can squeak by. Now, one of the greatest examples that I, I've seen uh, for this is 
a road. You know, if you look at a road, you know, you've got a line down the middle. You know, we, we, let's talk about a two-lane road, two-lane road, double yellow line. Okay, and we're going to right down the middle. One side, we've got obeying God's word, obeying what He said. The other side, disobedience. It's pretty clear. Okay, too often. What happens is believers, Christians, what they want to do is just kind of go along the line as best as possible. You know, just so we don't fall over. You know, there's a problem with that. I was thinking, I was was asking God before coming here, you know, we were talking about this. Did you know you can have a conversation with God? It might be revelation to some people. We were talking about this, and He reminded me of, when you're driving and you look at something on the side of the road for too long, you start to swerve. It's the same way. If you're following God's laws, you're, you're in obedience. But you keep looking and, and focusing on disobedience, things uh, <clears throat> that are against God's Word. That's what you're going to be inclined toward. Whereas if you focus in the other direction into what God has called you into and what God is saying, you get into His Word, you're spending time with Him, you're going to keep going on farther and farther. I'm going to tell you on this side, there's no ending. This side, there's an ending. It's called death and hell. Amen? Now, what I want to talk about tonight is not just making it by, not just staying so that you're not going to go and fall over into sin. There's another level beyond that. That's not, there's not just obeying what God has said not to do, there's listening and paying attention to what He's calling you to do. That's the next level. Now, I don't want anybody to be offended or irritated by, you know, thinking that I'm saying that that isn't a good thing. You know, that's not a great thing, um, obeying God's Word. That's tremendous. But there's more beyond that. You know, I, I don't want to see people who come to church, and God bless them, they keep coming, but they never go any further than that, than just trying to make it just by just not sinning. That's good. Not sinning is good. But there's more than that. There's doing something for God. Radical obedience. Now, if there's anybody who knows any Greek, I know that I, I, I'm terrible at pronouncing Greek, so I'm just, I just go for it, and you can school me later if you really know how to say it. Uh, but the New Testament word for this obedience is hupakoi. It's close as I can get it. It's a count, compound word. A compound word is two words put together. Hupo, which is under, and akou, to hear. So obeying is to hear under. There's a picture of this. I love this in the um, in the New Testament, Mark, chapter three, verses thirty-three through thirty-five. Uh, if you you can go there if you want to. We're not going to go there tonight. But what happens is in that section of scripture, Jesus' mother and brothers come. And some, there's people sitting around him. He's he's speaking to them, and uh, they they come to the door. One of his servant, one of the servants came and uh, comes and tells Jesus that. And Jesus says, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, these around me, these are my brothers. This, these are my my mother, and my sisters, and and he says it's because they have obeyed God. 
And if you look, the, the gist of the context of that is that in their sitting at the feet of Jesus, they were in obedience to God. They were obeying God. Obedience involves listening and then doing. Too often, I find myself, I just, I want to go and do. You know, I think, okay, this is what God's saying, this is what God's saying. Instead of sitting a little bit longer and finding out what He's really saying, I, I want to just get up and start moving. And God is still teaching me and helping me to, to sit a little bit longer. And, and listen, sit at His feet a little bit longer and listen. You know, radical obedience starts in sitting at His feet and listening. Radical obedience put, puts God's plan before our own. I'm going to be a little transparent. I am, I'm a problem solver. And growing up, I was very good at coming up with a solution so that I don't get in trouble for whatever I did. I, I was very good at it. God, God's made me a problem solver. And I like to tell people with art and different things like that, music, I'm not very creative. When it comes to getting myself out of trouble, I am very creative. I am a creative thinker in that area. I can come up with some stuff. And I believe that's a great, great gift. But too often, I find myself doing what Abraham and Sarah did and coming up with something to help God because whatever he's doing, it's not fast enough. You know, it's not coming fast enough for what I want. I can come up with things to do. He says, okay, uh, we, want to, we want to do this. This is what I've called you to do. You don't know how long that's going to be. There's things that he's, he dreams he's given us, prophetic words, that I would have believed would have happened by now. But he's still working in me. There's still things that need to happen. But right, you know, I can try and come up with my own solutions, you know, all this creative thinking, how I can get it done. When if I spend more time with him, finding out what he wants me to do, it's going to happen a lot quicker. Amen. Radical obedience puts God's plan before our own. You know, instead of focusing on being creative, focus on being obedient. You know, there's great joy in, found in hearing His Word and doing it. You know, I've got a list here of benefits of this style of obedience. And let me just say, in no way is it conclusive. There's many, many benefits to living radical obedience. You know, once again, radical obedience, not just getting by. I, I lived for too long. I've been to... I've said this before, many of the churches here in the valley trying to find a way where I can just get by. Where I can you know, have my own brand of Christianity, let me say that, my own brand of Christianity that makes me feel okay about my shortcomings and whatever sin I feel, felt like doing and not really doing what He's called me to do. I'm trying to come get across tonight that there's there's, yes, that line between obedience and disobedience, but then there's still more where it's not just not disobeying. Does that make sense? It's not just not disobeying, but moving into what God has called you to do. Moving into the plans and the purposes He has for you. 
It reminds me of one of my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, just because of all the applications that it has and what's God spoken to me in my life, is when the children of Israel got to the edge of the promised land and they sent spies in. And two of them, Joshua and, Joshua and Caleb, they came out and they said, you know what, what God said is good, we're going to go in, we're going to take the land. The rest of the ten, they said, look at the size of those guys. We look like grasshoppers to them and because of that we look like grasshoppers to ourselves. They didn't keep in mind what God had called them to do. You know, they focused on what was tangible right there, that problem. Instead of focusing on the word that God had given them. The the reason that Joshua was able to take, you know, after that generation had died and Joshua took them into the promised land, the reason that he was able to do that is because he kept his eyes and his heart upon the word that God had given him. And when he did that, it, it, it... Cause faith to grow in it, to be able to take that vision, to walk into the promised land. <clears throat> it was radical obedience, doing what God has called you to do when you don't necessarily see a way to do it. Again, I go back to the children of Israel, Moses. When Moses was going to go talk to Pharaoh, he didn't exactly know what he was going to do. God just told him to go and talk to Pharaoh. So he went. God came through for him. God told him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. They didn't have all the necessities to be able to make it to the promised land. They couldn't even get across that body of water before Pharaoh and his armies came after him. But God provided because he was following what God had said. Radical obedience. Doing what God called him to do even when he didn't see where it was going to, where God was going to provide. I just keep, God just keeps bringing me these examples. You know, like Jesus, when he fed the 5,000. This story has just impacted me more and more lately. When he called, and when he told his disciples to go find out what food there was, and they brought those loaves and fishes that wasn't enough to provide, Instead of saying, God, what did you, you brought us all the way out here. It reminds me of children of Israel again. You brought us all the way out here. How are we going to feed these people? It's so powerful. He took what wasn't going to provide. He knelt down and thanked God for what wasn't going to provide. Because he knew what God was going to do. He thanked God for it and it multiplied. He took a step of faith. That radical obedience. Let's look at the benef- some of these benefits of obedience. Number one, it unlocks an, eternal, an eternally abundant life. I love this verse in John 12.50. says this, And I know that His command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. You know, the life that is in God, flows in us when we obey. When we're walking in what He's called us to do. Reminds me of something that Pastor Daniel preaches on uh, fairly often. The fact that when you step into doing what God has called you to do, there comes a corresponding anointing to be able to do that. Just because you don't feel like you can do that ministry, 
that doesn't disqualify you from doing it. Like I've said before, my testimony, the reason I'm up here today is not because I'm extremely gifted. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I am. I, I don't want to downplay what God has done in me, okay? Let me just say that. He created me. He's got a plan for me. I've got giftings. But I didn't do something spectacular. I didn't go to um, Bible school, though. For those of you wondering, I am in the process of doing that. Uh, I've said it before that I didn't. I just wanted to clarify that. I am doing that. To those who think it matters, Jesus help me. Okay. (coughs) Got myself in trouble right there. But it unlocks an eternally abundant life. You know, the life that resides in Him flows into us when we walk into obedience. And there also comes an anointing, just like I said. There comes a corresponding anointing to do what God has called you to do. And this isn't in my notes, but I want to encourage you. If God has spoken to you to do something, don't hold, don't shrink back because you don't think that you can do it. Because that's the key right in itself. The understanding that you can't do it. Because we need Him. We need Him to do it. If we can do it in our own strength, then I don't believe that God has called us to do it. Like this up here, let let me just be even more transparent. I, in my life, have not been a very good communicator. I am not an outspoken person. I'll just tell you, we moved uh, from Bristol Bay when I was 16, I think. It was like 99, 2000, something like that. And my first... High school, public school experience, besides when I was a freshman, there was three people in my high school in Igigik. Moved to Wasilla High where there was 1,500 people graduating in that year. There was more than that in the school my sophomore year. And some of the youth might get a kick out of this. But in that year, I had my one friend who asked me just this last week if I'd be his best man in his wedding, which is tremendous. Um... I had my one friend, which was my cousin, and not every single day did we have lunch together. It's like every other day. Two or three days out of the week we had lunch together. Those other two or three days, I can't remember which, more often than not, I was by myself in the bathroom stall eating my lunch. I'm trying to give you a picture because I I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't have that. Yeah, I see my brothers now. They grew up in the elementary school and middle school here. They don't have those problems because they grew up in the, in that society. But it was just us growing up. <laughs> Did you not know that? <laughs> it makes my mom cry. <clears throat> um, but to be able to, I'm just saying that to say, to be able to get up here and do what I'm doing today, that's God. That's not something that I can do. That's gone. He's helped me to do that. <laughs> hey, those, uh, let me just say, I'm not, that, that's not a hurt place in my life, okay? I'm okay, but that's why I can say that I did that. All right? <laughs> I see a couple of people look at me like, oh, you need a hug. Now, I'm okay. <laughs> All right, benefits of obedience. It unlocks an eternally abundant life. Secondly, incurs the gaze of God. This is powerful. If you could, turn to Isaiah chapter 66 and look at verse 2.
Isaiah 66, verse 2 reads, For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. You know, that's that word, it says, and who trembles at my word. That word tremble. I used to think that was a fear thing. Reading that word, reading God's word and, and allowing it to give you the fear. Well, it is a good thing to have the fear of the Lord. But another revelation on that is a, just picture two parts of that trembling. One, trembling in anticipation for God speaking to you. Trump just anticipating God speaking, the sovereign one, the creator speaking to you, because he wants to talk to you. God speaks, he wants to talk to you. And secondly, trembling in readiness to do what he says. It's a two part thing trembling, waiting for God to speak, and then being ready just to move forward when he says, Go. God sees your, this scripture saying, God sees your ready and willing spirit and desires to do good upon your behalf. Let me read it again. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. At, <clears throat> he wants to, he looks upon those who, who tremble, who are anticipating, waiting for his word, and are ready to move. Let me just let me just say something about that real quickly. If you're constantly asking God to speak to you, to do something, and He does, but you never do anything, I don't think that He's going to keep asking you to do things. Just for your information, you know, like let me let me give you an example. I, I like to use my own self as an example because, well, I don't want to offend anybody, and I know I'm not going to offend myself, so. <clears throat> um, a few years ago, I was here, and I realized that God had been giving me encouraging things to tell people. I'm trying to find a, a better way to put it. It's not necessarily prophetic words, but I think it falls closely into that. It's not like I would tell them, you know, God's going to do this for you. But He'd give me things to say that would encourage them. And at one point, I remember feeling like I should tell Pastor Daniel that just, I'm going to stand with you. I'm with you. I'm going to stand with you. Uh, but I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't take the step of faith. I didn't say it. And a week later, for some reason, I brought it up to him. I think we were talking about that in particular, that, that gift of being able to encourage people and God speaking to you. And I said, yeah, well, I, be, I thought God last week gave me, a, uh, gave me that uh, encouraging word for you. I told him what it was. And with tears in his eyes, he told me how much it would have meant if I had told him that, that last week, because of what he'd been going through. And I missed out on being able to do that. I missed out on God using me in that way. Now, I say that to encourage you to step out in faith. 
You know, that's one of the great things about the, uh, the prophetic class that we have, uh, that, that Sue's been doing. Because it, it trains you to be able to release prophetic words. How many of you know you need to be trained to do that? Okay. Without going too long on the subject, I, I just want to say the reason that we do that is because too often we see people making the prophetic weird where they have no training and are under no authority and they go church to church, place to place, and release prophetic words. Though they may have an anointing for that, they might not be giving truly accurate words. Let me give you an example of that. There was a young lady that I knew who somebody had prophesied to her that within that year she would be married. And through that year... As the time ran out, it tormented her. And I could see it just beating her down. She got depressed. All these things happened. She didn't get married that year. And we, you know, we counseled her and we helped her and, you know, explained different things to her. You know, God speaks through people, but it's through people. It's through this filter. So I encourage you, get into the prophetic class. They're going to be starting that up again soon. Hallelujah. (coughs) All right, back to my notes. I'll have a little bit longer here. Talking about the benefits of obedience. One, unlocks an eternally abundant life. Two, it incurs the gaze of God. Three, it produces greater intimacy. John 14, 20, 21 says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know, Jesus is saying that obedience is the proof of love. You know, we can say we love God, yet just disobey what He said all day long. Is that showing love? No. If my kids do that, I don't feel love. I don't feel respected. But when they choose to, when my children choose to make good decisions that we've taught them, when they choose to obey, I feel loved. I feel respected. You know, not not that that's the only way, but that it it is a way. Number four, builds an unshakable foundation. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, uh, it tells a picture. Jesus is telling a uh, parable about two houses built on different foundations. One upon sand and one upon stone. And it's a picture of one grounded in the Word, one who's, who's grounded in God's Word and following Him, and one who isn't. I'm, I'm paraphrasing and summing up. And it says a storm's, storm comes through to both of them and destroys the house on sand, but the house upon stone stood firm. What I love about that section of Scripture is that a storm came to both houses. A storm came. But one was able to stand. One that was on the firm, unshakable foundation of of God's Word and of His promises. You know, when you follow His commands, you're building a strong foundation. One that will keep your house standing through the storms. Because the storms are coming. It's not just, la, 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 I'm a Christian, yay. It's great. Why? Because we can trust upon a God who is unchangeable. He's unchanging. And He's always got 
good things in store for you. He has your best in mind in all things. But a storm is coming. I'm going to close here soon, but I want to leave us with one more thought. (coughs) We're talking about moving from just not disobeying obedience, but obeying what God has called us to do. And let me tell you this, when you move into deeper levels of obedience, a greater responsibility comes and a greater weight comes upon that obedience. Let me give you a picture. If you look at... Moses on Mount Sinai. Moses, God told Moses to get into the cleft of the rock so that he wouldn't see his face because if he did, he would die. Moses had come to a place of obedience that was so weighty that it would take his life if he disobeyed. You know, a, a weight comes, up, comes with the obedience. You know, God wants, God, God's calling us to that greater place. To that greater place of doing what He's called us to do. And, great, and, and when you do that, you see new levels of Him. You, you get new levels of His presence. But a new weight comes with that. If Moses had not listened to God, if he had moved just slightly, it would have been over. And when God can trust you to obey Him, not just not sinning, but listening and doing, then He'll take you to places you never could have gone before, never could have gone on your own. Heidi, will you play for me? (coughs) Excuse me. I'm going to encourage us tonight to... Take a look at yourself. Let me tell you this. I analyze myself all the time. When God speaks to me, He shows me things in His Word. I'm like, okay, do I need to change something here? Is this something that I need to apply to my life and make a change? When I hear things, words like this, this is something that God spoke to me. Okay, this is something. Are you just getting by? Are you just not disobeying? Or are you consciously obeying? Listening and moving forward in what I've called you to do. I want to encourage you, ask your own self that. Where are you at? Because God's calling us to another level, another place in Him. If if where you're at right now is just not disobeying, praise God, keep it up. You encourage me. But don't stay right there. Move higher, another level. Thank you. Real quickly, we want to do something. If you'd stand up on your feet, I want to give an opportunity tonight for anybody who needs to ask Jesus in their heart. All these things that I've talked about, obedience, you know, that line in the middle of the road, more like a cross. You know, it's Jesus dying for our sins. And if you want to walk in obedience, that's, that's really where it begins. And if you've never been to that place, you've never asked Jesus into your heart before, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Also, if you know, maybe you've been saved, maybe you asked Him into your heart before, but you know, you've fallen away. 
You know, the line in the middle of the road kind of blurred and you ended up on the other side somehow. He's ready to accept you back. I want to give you an opportunity if that's you. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. I want you to lift your hand. And lastly, if you just don't know, if you don't know for sure that if you died today, God forbid, but if you died today that you'd make it to heaven, you need to know. It's not a tomorrow thing. It's a now thing. Salvation is always now. If you fall into any of those categories, I'm going to count to three in a moment. I want you to lift your hand. Real quickly, everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, you fall in any of those categories. Lift your hand on three. One, two, three. Everyone lift your hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Amen. You can put them down. Come on, I'm going to pray, and I want you to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who've chosen you tonight for the first time or recommitting. I thank you, God, that the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now for that decision. Now I pray, God, fill them. Holy Spirit, fill them right now. Fill them. Give them a a burden and a passion to get into your word, a burden for prayer. Fill them. Touch them. I pray, God, that you'd Build godly relationships around them to encourage them and strengthen them. I thank you. I thank you. Now I want to do this. You can go and open your eyes. We have a few more minutes, but if this message spoke to you and you want to move to another level, I'm already up here. If you want to move to another level, this spoke to you, I want you just to come up to the altar right now. on right up front. I want to pray for you. Just go after him. Ask him to touch you. I believe, you know, I feel that specifically there's people in the room who God has spoken to you that he wants you to do something, but you felt like it's just not going to happen. It's not happening. It's been, it's taken a while. And he wants to refire them. He wants to, to, to cause that thing to burn again. And there's going to be an anointing release to see that thing happen. I'm going to pray. I want you to just lift your hands. Just lift your hands all across this place. Allow them to touch you. Now, Lord, I, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. God, we make a commitment standing here tonight. We want to we move to that next level. We want to go to another level. We want to obey you. But we want to obey you, not just not not sinning, not just not disobeying. 
but obeying you, God, but listening and moving forward. Now I pray for those who need that refiring of that vision. I ask that you'd cause that thing to burn within them even now and release that anointing. Release that anointing upon them. The anointing to see that vision come to pass. The anointing to move forward in that ministry. I just, I felt God wants to do that in small groups, small group leaders. That God has given you a vision for your small group and a goal. Start praying toward that. Start claiming that. God, touch those leaders. Cause those small groups to grow. The ministries to grow. Multiply. Release that anointing. Thank you. God, I pray for each of us right now. Release an anointing. God, I pray for new mantles right now. The fresh wind of your spirit come across us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. God, we just thank you that we can be used by you, that you want to use us in this time. I thank you. Fill us with vision. The anointing to be able to move forward. I thank you. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Did y'all get something from God tonight? That was a good word, Minister Tim. Thank you, Jesus. Just take someone by the hand, even while you're standing up here. Lord, we just thank you for what you're what you said to us tonight. Lord, through Minister Tim, about a hundredfold obedience. And Lord, we're asking, God, that you would indeed strengthen us, strengthen us to run the race. Lord, even as we go tonight, fill us with strength in our inner man by your spirit. We thank you, God. We are going to go to the next level. We're going to the next level. We're going deeper. We're pressing in. We're not looking to the right or the left, but we're setting our face like a flint, and we're pressing in to go deeper. Lord, remove every single thing that distracts us from going forward. Lord, and the sin and all that that so easily entangles us. God, and fascinate even our hearts again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can stay and pray if you want for a bit or hang out with Jesus.